This is the Unscripted Podcast. What's happening? What's up, Bob? So today we're talking about... Chris don't know what we're talking about, do we? No. Yeah. So today I want to talk about... Um, it's kind of a general principle, but I think it's a really good one for everybody with all aspects of, of our lives. We're, so we made it through the first you know month of the year. And we're rolling into into February. Um, tomorrow's February, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Tomorrow's February first, I think. Anyways, yeah. I don't know when this thing's gonna roll out, but just the just the aspect of um, you know, we probably ought not do that. You, you know, oh yeah, say dates or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, then they're like, this thing's three I months know, old. Thing three months old. Yeah. <laughs> but what I want to talk about is uh, is just how that how that you know. Question, do you like leftovers? I mean, you know, it depends on what it is, really. Right, but you know? what's it, but what, and so sometimes chilies, you know, can be a little bit better leftover, but, but, yeah. but, but the idea though is that, is that first of all, like, I just want to, I just want to think about us and, and our listeners and, and encouraging people to quit just giving God your leftovers. That, that there's so many scriptures that, about about God's word and and everything that you do, and so you know people right now they they might need a reset because by now you know some of our uh, challenges. Hey, tomorrow will actually be um, national. There's a word they call it. Um, break your uh, what do you call it resolution? You know, like uh, uh, national, where you actually break your resolution. yeah national give up resolution day. Yeah, you know? yeah, and um, but I, but you know there's just. There's so many things when it comes to, to to the Lord that, you know, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I found myself, you know, I can really fool myself into thinking that, that I'm giving God everything. But sometimes, and so many times, we find ourselves just, I'm, I'm cooking the meal for me, and then whatever's left over, that's what I'm going to give to God. And not that I wanted to do that intentionally, but... But I didn't set myself up, you know, in certain ways to to do those things, and then looking back at it, you know, I ended up not placing God first. When what, what do you mean you're painting with a broad brush? So, for instance, uh, you know, when when me and Courtney got married, um, you know, the in a if you're gonna if you're gonna spend life in in uh, in being a public servant, like there's just there's not any money in that, and and so a lot of a lot of my life I've I've had to, uh, I found myself that saying, you know, well, I want to seek first God's kingdom, but then there was challenges that were there, um, to where sometimes like in, even in financial giving that, that I would find myself, all right, I have to, I have to keep the lights on. I have to pay the house payment. I have to, um, make sure that, that gas is in the car and the babies need to be fed. Well, now there's more than one baby. And, and what ended up happening is, is, is is the there's a shift to where the mindset was i have to have all these things to survive and then whatever's left over after the budget now i'm going to start giving to god what he needs instead of taking what instead of taking what i should be giving to god off the top and giving him first and then whatever's left over then i'll i'll suffer need or or i'll do without instead of instead of having god do without so what you're saying is is that um is that it was a shifting of priorities. Yeah. You had to reprioritize. I had, I've had to reprioritize. I mean, a lot of things in my life and, 
you know, when Jesus, when he says, well, it's a process. It is. You know, the, I saw, um, uh, somebody sent me a meme the other day that said, what your kids don't realize is while you're helping them grow up, they're actually watching you grow up. Yeah. So, so you think about it, that's true, right? You know, I mean, and, and part of growing up is a process, you know, there's just things you have to go through in, in this process as it were, you know? And so, you know, there's no doubt that, um, you're going to have to do those things. You know, you have to work on your priorities and they're going to have to shift as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And as you, as you think about that, like, I think, I think all that's part of repentance in that. Well, it's a process. It's a process. And, and I'm going to have to, just because, you know, I signed up today to, to walk with the Lord that, that did not mean that I knew every challenge that was going to, that, that I'm going to face 15 years from now. No, when I signed up to follow Jesus, I never thought that I'd be living in South Mississippi. Uh, amen. You know what I mean? But this is where following Jesus has brought me and, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm not, you're right. Right. I'm not upset. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm here and, and I wouldn't change it for anything in the world, but, but it was a process for me to get here. Yeah. And it's, it's a. It will, uh, God will, you know, he's so patient with us and he's so so thankful for that and he's so, so kind, but I just, I just think so often like, man, I I can fool myself thinking, well, I really am giving God, I'm giving God the glory in my life. You know, I'm giving him the praise in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm making him number one, but Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Yeah. So, so let's talk about how, you know, the. We're painting with a broad brush. Let's talk about how that happens then. Yeah, let's put some specifics on it. Yeah, because you know, and we may only get to one or two of them today. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. That's fine. The um, I, I'll tell you. You know, here here is some challenges, as it were. Maybe you could say it this way: is um, you know, I was at the student center last night, and um, I was just talking to the kids there, and I told them that that when I was in in college, I was like a six handicapper. And when I, what do you mean by that? Like in golf. Oh, right? okay, okay. I know I don't look like the golfing type, but but I'm telling you, like I loved golf so much when I was a, a teenager mm-hmm. that I literally would bush hog a spot in the field. I I was really worried because I put so many golf balls in the field. I was scared that someday one of the cows were going to die, and they would find a golf ball that had done it. He'd, yeah, he'd right. eaten a golf ball, and I'd have to explain that I killed a cow because I put one of them golf balls in the far corner of the field down there and couldn't find it yeah and so i i literally thought when i was in high school i was like okay you know i'm i'm pretty good by the time i got to college i was like a six handicapper i was like okay so so what does that mean what does six handicap mean? so if 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 the par for the course is 70 right if you're gonna shoot a 70 on the course i would have shot a 76 yeah on average, okay. so so average amount of okay, strokes. So, yeah, average amount. You were six over. Yeah, I was okay. six over. Okay, you know, and I felt pretty good. You know, like some people you play with, like you. Go, I played one golf game in my whole life. So all right, so that you, tells you how much I know. Yes, and some people you go play with, like Chip, one of our elders. Like, oh man, even at a six over, I would feel like I was holding him back. Yeah, you, right. you understand? Mm-hmm. He's just that good. But in high school, I played all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. In college, I played less, but I thought when I got to college, I was going to have less responsibility. Right. You know, so yeah. I thought that I would get better at my golf game. <clears throat> that didn't happen. Yeah. When I got out of college, I thought I'm going to get even better with my golf game. And I mean, literally, there was guys that I used to, this is the way we used to do it. There was a golf course near my house that you could pay $20 after four and you could ride 
as as much as you wanted to, mm-hmm. right? You know, use the golf cart. Yeah. So we would pay $20, and we would start this, and this was like after Labor Day. So we would do this like every Tuesday night, Mark Brown and I. We'd go play golf every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And and as the year went on, you know, the you know the, the time time gets shorter. Time gets shorter. Right. So you know, you may play sixteen, you may play fifteen, right? And then once you get don't get but like eight holes in, you're just like, okay, this ain't yeah. They're it. just like, hey, for whoever gets off work, like we're going to try to make a little. They're marketing that. They're just yeah. trying to get a little extra money and and that's all we could do. Daylight that's left. Yeah, that's all we could do mm-hmm. because by then, you know, I was married, and I don't think that we had any kids yet, but but we were close to it, right? And, you know, so, so all these other things happen in your life. And, and so, you know, you, you think about like reducing your handicap in golf in the light of eternity don't mean anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's just nothing. However, it's a perfect example of how these things, there's an assumption of priorities. I think that, you know, so you, you'll do things like right now, I can't just, just talk about the financial, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now I've got to pay my light bills. I've got, um. Uh, pay my house note. I got to, you know, maybe if you're just starting out, you still have a car payment. You know, you, you have to pay your insurance. You have to pay, you know, $9 a dozen for uh, eggs, you know. Right. You know, you got to go through all these things. And so there's just things that is required in living. Well, you know, what happens is, is that because these things are absolutes, you know, we understand that giving is a voluntary thing. Right. So what happens is, is that it doesn't become on the same plane as buying eggs. Right. And so what happens is then we prioritize. And so I say, okay, well, I need this amount. Well, what it is, is like, maybe, maybe I don't need that amount. That's, that's where the heart, that's where the, that's where the person that weighs Mm -hmm. the spiritual decisions and seeking first kingdom of God, because it's nothing wrong with eating eggs and, and buying groceries and having your lights on in your house, none of those things are wrong to do. But every one of those things are wrong to do if you're if they're if they become in front of what the Lord wants you to do. So it, you know this Matthew seven scenario when he's talking about on this day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, all these things, right? right. You know, do not cast out demons, prophesy in your name, do many good work. All these things he's going to say there. You, you think about really, you know, those are good things. Those are the things the Lord wants us to do. Right, the Lord wants us to work. The Lord wants us to 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 buy our groceries. The Lord wants us to, you know, all these things. I mean, Ephesians four twenty eight says, "Let him that steals steal no more, but rather labor with his hands to provide them that have need." So you look at this scenario, and you realize that all these things are necessities that we've got to have. Well, the 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 I can let my will. I can feel real good about. Hey, I got all my bills paid. Hey, I got. I'm I'm caught up on my house payment. Hey, I'm caught up on my my car payment. All um, are those things the Lord wants you to do? Yes, certainly they are. But the difference in those and what Jesus is talking about in Matthew seven is, Lord, in your name I cast out many good work. I mean, cast out demons. In your name I prophesied. Well, you know what happens is that I get real. I get real happy that I'm teaching people about Jesus, mm-hmm. and then it becomes my will. The reason why I'm doing it. It's no longer his will, but it's my will. I enjoy those things. I enjoy does the Lord want you to eat? Yes. Does he want you to take care of your family? Yes. Does he want you to be a functioning member of society? Yes. Absolutely. All those things he wants. But the difference is, is Lord, how do I approach those things? 
So do I need this car? You know, when, when you get to heaven, do you think it'll ever matter if you had the brand new, you, you know, I don't know how this was for if you. If you drove a Ford, a Ford flathead or if you had a, yeah, a, a three quarter ton truck, you know, when I was, when I first, you know, or a Cadillac, whatever I worked for a place that, you know, there was a, it was a good paying job mm-hmm. and I always saw, you could always tell the new kids right when they get their first paycheck. Mm. Yeah. Because- I did the same thing, man. I remember the first time I got paid, you know, and, and was making a good stable salary, you know, within, within two months, you know, I, I bought a, I bought a, a newer truck. Yeah, that's what everybody does. You know, they yeah. they go for the truck, they go for the bike, yeah. they go for the bass. Boat. Those are things I'm talking about, you know. And so, so you learn from those things. But that's right. Yeah, you can you can always tell, like, man, that that kid, you know, isn't it nice? And then now I'm, but you, but you, you but look I'm, at it differently now. You do, and I take the, and that's one thing that I do when I counsel with younger men and 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 their and their and as far as leading their families is because, I. I, I I had I had a member of the church who took me to go get in debt over a truck, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I wish he would have had the wisdom to go, Bob. Now let's think about this, really. Right. You know, if so, so this truck's going to cost you four hundred dollars a month or whatever. Yes. Well, well, okay, Bob. So what if you what if you settle for a truck that was a few years less, and and you were to pay three hundred dollars a month, and now you invest a hundred of that into into a Roth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's whatever a, it might be, it's I, a complete paradigm shift. It is, and and those are the things and, that I try to do when I see this guy show up in their truck. It's like, okay, I want to have a spiritual conversation with him because I want I, God has placed us in each other's lives, and one thing that that we are not aware of so many times is his covetousness. Bob, how many perfect trinomial formulas have you ever computed before? Um, well, that'd be a goose egg because I have no clue what that's called or what that is. Yeah, I mean, just just think about this. Very this is funny. where Chris just like he just. This is where y'all know that Chris is smarter than me. No, yes, no, no, no. I, I looked that word up before we started. <laughs> Whatever the. Those are things that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. You understand? I am one of the very, 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 very few people in the world who can do that, y'all. Who ever needed to do that? Yeah. There's a lot of people that learned it. Mm-hmm. You understand? I mean, there was a yeah. lot of people that learned it. Yeah. But very, very few people. It's kind of like physics and mathematics. Like brother Tom, like he, like a lot of people take a physics class and they take you know some some extended math, but like he spent his whole career in those fields, and so he can explain it and put yes. it in practicality. So, so the difference in that is this: is that you know you spend all this time, you can spend a lot of energy and effort in doing things that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're you know I've, our boys, you know, they're at the point of like daddy has to be the math teacher, right? So daddy has to go over algebra, daddy has to go over all these algebraic functions and all this and that and the other yeah you're probably gonna be you and tom are probably gonna be my kids extended math teachers well and that's fine Uh, i do it every wednesday right i know (laughs) but practical math but the the, but that's the difference right that's practical math right the things that that carson is learning now are things that are beneficial to him Mm -hmm. carson will probably never need to know to calculate perfect trinomials i mean it's just a it's just one of these hyper you know calculated things that just there's just there's not a lot of necessity in it well well here's what happens is that we don't teach it's the same you take curriculum in school and you take spiritual life right so we teach our kids inadvertently 
the things that aren't important. Right. We teach them things. Now, I, what I want to say about this is that we teach our kids by saying, they look at us and they say, well, daddy's got a nice truck. Daddy's got a nice house. Daddy's got a, you know, all these things that they see. Now, they may see us being frugal in the sense of, you know, we buy our kids clothes at the Goodwill and mm-hmm. yard sales right. and all those things, which is which is fine, yeah. right? But My kids wear a lot of Under Armour, but it's a lot of secondhand Under Armour. Well, and, and they may look at it and say, you know, daddy's tight. Yeah. You know, they pick on me, you mm-hmm. and Jessica, about being tight. Well, it's not that we're tight, right? It's that I don't want to yeah, sit you my, are. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit, but I don't want what, what I need to be doing, Chris, what mm-hmm. I need to be doing is spending more time with them, teaching them about their finances, about, yeah. about how their money needs mm-hmm. to make money and how they need to be, if, the more time you spend now spending money. Yeah. And I, what I try to tell them is I use this word with them, freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one thing, too, that I tell my kids. It's like, okay, if there are six of us and we all drink Coke at the restaurant right now, how much how much money is that? Well, that's going to be, you know, 12. So 250 times six. What's that math, Chris? $15. Yeah, so that's going to be 15 bucks. So now what's it what's it cost us to go eat at whatever restaurant? And then they do that. So you understand we can, if we drink water, we could all go out to eat one extra time. You know, based on the the budget that we've made for for going to eat the, out to eat, and so when they understand that, like, okay, I get it. I'm I'm going to be rewarded later if I do something disciplinary right now in my life. If I put discipline of just drinking water instead of what I want or what I desire, and so it's just a practical thing for them. So now they're all like, we want water, you know, and yeah. really, you know, that's a while part of that, you know, at times in my life has been like, uh, wink. If we're gonna eat out, we're gonna we're gonna get water, you yeah, know. But right. but I I want I want the kids if we're going to the buffet, I want them to get their money's worth on the food, not get the full belly on coke and syrup, you right. know. But as as you think about that, like I think about Colossians one, that he's just talking about Jesus and and by Jesus by Him, verse sixteen, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible. Thrones, dominions, principalities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things in him or by him. All things consist or hold together. In verse 18, he's the head of the body, the church, who's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, that in all things he may be number one. So he was there in the in creation. He's the one, the sacrificial lamb for our for our sins. He holds everything together in this in this world, and and now he's the he's the number one in the church, and that in everything, he may be the one that holds the preeminence, that he may hold the first spot. So then let's talk about it. So how do we put him first, right? So you know that there are things that you have to have. You need to see that as something that you have to have. So you step back a minute. And, and Jesus go, asks us to rely on God for that. Give us this day our daily bread. That's right, this day. But but James also uses the idea in James 4 that, you know, Jesus says when you pray, pray like this. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, just give me what I need today. Just yeah. give me the give me the bread long enough today. What well, James even uses the analogy, like when you go into such and such city and buy and sell and get and gain, right. should we rather, for, I think it's verse 17. If the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, go into such and such city, buy and sell and get gain. It's perfectly fine. 
to do yeah. that. It's perfectly fine to go in and plan ahead, but but you've got to put him first mm-hmm. in your plans if the Lord wills, right? So, you know, you think about how if we view the church as a necessity, right, that will change the way that we view how we fund the church and how we prioritize it in our lives. So you remember the children of Israel, when they come out of Egypt, and we may have talked about this on the podcast before, I can't remember, but when they come out of Egypt in Exodus 12, mm-hmm. God tells Israel that this night you will plunder Egypt. You know, when you go out, they're going to they're gonna pour riches on you. Yeah. So when Egypt, this is going to be the beginning. This is the beginning of your months, right? So, so God, when they have the final plague, the the death of the firstborn, the next morning they're they're so sick and tired of Egypt. I mean, Israel being there with all the problems, mm-hmm. they can't take it anymore. They tell them you leave, and they says the Bible records in Exodus twelve that they gave them the rings out of their noses, off their hand. I mean, they gave them all their gold. Israel leaves with all their gold. These are slaves, right? Slaves are not well off people. Like people living on welfare, you just think about this. The people that are slaves to the governmental system that we have today are never going to have anything. They'll have enough peanuts to make them to the next time. These were slaves. They lived off of the system. They made bricks, and they were fed. They lived because they made bricks. They had nothing. So when they leave Egypt, they leave with the riches that God provides for them through Egypt. When they get to the land of Canaan, towards the land of Canaan, and they're going to set up and build the tabernacle, God tells them in Exodus 31, let every man whose heart move or 32, who let every man whose heart moves him, we're going to prov- we need these things for the tabernacle. We need silver, gold, bronze, all these things. Where do you think those things come from, Bob? They came from Egypt. They came from the richest blessings that God gave them. And so all God is asking in return is now put your money where your mouth is, prioritize. They left with nothing, and they I mean they 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 left with everything but started with nothing. Mm-hmm. And so when we see our lives in the same way, so when God they start building a tabernacle in Exodus 34, the artisans have to come to Moses and say, Listen, I know God said every man whose heart moves him to give whatever he can, but listen, we can't take no more. They had given so much that God had given them, that they said, we've got too much, I've got to stop. So it goes back to this idea. If I understand where my blessings come from, where do they come from? You know, it's not because there's no such, there is no such thing. I'm going to say this again. There is no such thing as a man pulling himself up by his own bootstraps. Yeah, It's by the grace of God. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 11 says, the race isn't to the swift, nor is the victor to the strong nor all these things he goes through, and he says, but time and chance happen to us all. So you can do all the planning you want, but it does not matter Some, you, you unless the Lord blesses it all in all. So everything that you have, now you may, does the Lord want you to plan and make wise investments? Absolutely. Does he want you to plan and do the right things in your work and, and what you're prioritizing in your work? Absolutely. But that does not guarantee success. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't guarantee it. Only thing it does is start you towards it. Yeah. And so Israel, they had everything given to them because they plundered Egypt. And really, they just gave it to them. So they when they when their time to build the tabernacle, the place that God's going to forgive them, the tabernacle, the place that God's going to hear their prayers, 
the tabernacle. The place that they're going to commune with God, the tabernacle. The place where they're going to receive the law, the tabernacle. The place where we're going to set up this picture of, of the church, of heaven. All that were the tabernacle. It's no wonder that they just poured on so much. Well, do you think Israel still needed to eat? They certainly did. Do you think they still needed to drink? They certainly did. But God took care of all those things. And so what, what then the likeness for us is if we see the church as this place where our sins are forgiven, are our sins forgiven in the church? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or does God hear our prayers? Where? In the church. Do we commune with God? Where? In the church. Well, what if we saw all those things as priorities? Wouldn't that change the way that we fund it? Wouldn't that change the way that we we uh, 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 <coughs> prioritize our money? Absolutely. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to read. I want to read ten verses, and you give me one word color to them, or one sentence color to them. I don't know what you mean. Like, <clears throat> like what color is it making my mind? Like, ex- no ex- explanation. <laughs> like you're giving the so so. Oh, first down, you know, the ball's hiked. Okay, he passes over to the, you know, to the right, to the wide receiver over the right. He made it down to the 42-yard line. And okay, then, okay. And then okay, you go, okay. oh, that's a great play there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give the play-by-play. You give okay. the color, all okay, right? Okay, I'll try. Yeah, so, all right, here's first down, okay? Okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. You, you've, already, you've already did this one. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, so God wants us, like, what a blessing it is that we have a contract with God. We, if we can't rely on God, then who can we rely on? You seek first the kingdom, and all the rest of this stuff that I'm talking about before is going to come to you. Great job. All right. Second down. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I scored on that one. <laughs> so, ain't we first down again? Yeah. All right. Onside kick. Here you go. Here's one about not giving God your leftovers. Matthew 10, 38, and 39. I know you can quote it. Just kidding. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mark adds an extra little caveat, Mark 8, and he says, whoever, you know, this is the the God providing us the perfect recipe for success, and he even says it for for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Mm. What a what a blessing it is to know that God just wants us to put the priorities right in order. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up or buried. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. What's it worth to you? If you see it as a thing that I've got to have, then you're going to see it as a thing that you got to have, no matter what. If you if you see it as something that's a good thing, uh, a peripheral thing, no. If I told you that in the middle of the field there's something greater than you'll ever have, what would you do to get it? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. 
Don't fool yourself because the heart is deceitfully wicked. Your master will always show up with who you serve. Love him first. And God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, (coughs) which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. So much easier to be part of the body than the head because as part of the body, all I got to do is what the the head tells me to do. I don't have to think. My toe doesn't get to argue with me and say, no, I don't want to do that thing. Toe, you're just going to do what I tell you to do. All right, here's one. Exodus 20, verse 3, part of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. Be careful what you carve out of your life because idols pop up in chips we never knew we were carving. Mm. You can't, you're getting better at this, all right? <laughs> the, fir- the first one I saw, like, uh, your excitement or whatever. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't know. This might be a little weird. I don't know where Bob's going to go with this. All right, I'm, here's another softball. Okay. Right. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything or do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is tougher, Bob. You say it's a, a softball law, but but really what it is is that I'm going to do and I'm going to say whatever you tell me to do, Lord. And when Peter quotes on the day of Pentecost that this, this psalm that he quotes right there in it, 110 and verse 3 says that your troops will be ready. As the dew of the morning, they'll have the strength of their youth. Where it's a volunteer army, so I'm just here to do what the what the chief says. You're first, Lord. All right, this is going to be another all verse. You know it. Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. You said it with all. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take all your heart, all your trust, all your all your direction, all your priorities in order for your path to be straight. All right, two more. This one uh this one's going to be upon uh it's going to go right with some of the things we talked about. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. So this is number 9, all right? <laughs> Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The Lord has always delighted in watching his people do what he tells them to do. And this is the way that he wants you to see it. Because if you give Lord the sour wine, you're just giving him what's left over. Don't be Cain, but be able. Mm. All right, last one. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That verse drips in every verse of the Bible. Let any man who lacks wisdom ask God, who gives to all men liberally, all every verse in the Bible is about me dwelling with the Lord forever. And so the Lord desires 
that we should be with him. Well, well, if he desires that, then he's going to make everything he can possible. It's just up to us to rely on him. All right, good. Now I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one more that that I thought about. So here's 11. So we got you know it's overtime. <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good. Ninth inning, <laughs> overtime. All right, here we. <laughs> Ninth inning. That's that's. Never mind. <laughs> Tenth inning. Yeah. Extra inning. Yeah. I, I always remember doing uh, – Bottom of the tenth. You never remember being in football and they're like, you know, they're everybody's done, you know, working out or they're at the, you're at the end of the workout and then they're like, all right, push-up position. Yeah. And then they're like having you do like 50, 50 push-ups. More, yeah, and you puking. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like – then they're having you do – then after you do all the push-ups, then they're like, plank holds, right, you know. Right, right. We get up on hold them, then they would get to the bottom and hold them. I can remember like the, those guys, and I would too at times, you know, the coach ain't looking. Then you kind of let your pelvic down on the ground, mm-hmm. act like you're holding yourself up. Grunting still. But if you're still grunting, it's going, yeah. you know, doing the, the Rambo grunt. Right. <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone, and if, if – um, but you know, then and they're always like fourth quarter, you know, and then and then that was what they would say during the push-ups. And then when you're holding the stuff, they're like, "We're in overtime." You know, what are you gonna do? What you do today will affect you in overtime. But it it's true. All right, ninth inning. Okay, overtime. All right, All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Fifth right. down. Yep. <laughs> Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. Okay. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. What a blessing it is to have a study and a life of indulgence with the priority of the Lord at the bottom for him to say, I paid for your mistake, son. Just listen to me. This is the end of it all. Fear God and keep his commandments. Don't give God your leftovers. This is the Unscripted Podcast.